0: You are listening to the Devil's Talking Padres podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Crockett School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome into Devil's Talking Padres, Dominic Stern. Alongside me is Bobby Murphy, here to break down the series against the New York Mets and preview this upcoming series against the Colorado Rockies this past series, the Padres. Dropped two out of three. They split the games, not started by Jacob deGrom. So I guess Potters handled their business in that aspect. But kind of a disappointing series. Depends how you look
1: at it. Potter's now 38 and 29. Bobby, how are you doing? What were your thoughts on this past series? Um, I'm doing great. Always uh, good to be back talking Potter's baseball. But I mean, just that's what on Sunday was absolutely huge. The Padres needed this more than anything. Uh, we do have a favorable spe- Favorable schedule coming up, but just to get that last one on Sunday was big, get, get some offense on the board, uh, but after losing four in a row, I mean, Padres were, were not looking good. The offense was not good scoring uh, the last four games before Sunday, one, one, two, and one runs respectively uh, from Tuesday to Saturday. So uh, the offense was not looking good, but I mean, just dis- another disappointing series, but like you said to Grom on Friday, only losing by one uh, after he unfortunately left for a precautionary injury. Crony was able to get the home run, but couldn't get anything else going. Of course, going against DeGrom is always tough, but Strowman uh, was great on Saturday. And then Sunday, I mean, a huge win for the Padres. They really needed that just to get back on track. Uh, and, of course, we saw that clutch uh, grand slam from uh, Tatis. But a uh, disappointing series, but just big win on Sunday uh, to really hopefully change the mood in the locker room.
0: Yeah, disappointing on the offensive end, the pitching staff once again. Went out and killed it. The Mets lineup's nowhere near full strength either, but they still have several quality hitters on that team. So the Potters, they're able to limit them and keep the Potters in all three games. And then the offense was able to break out on Sunday against the Mets. We'll talk about that game. But first, let's talk about this first game on Friday. It was started by Jacob DeGrom and Blake Snell. DeGrom went out and dominated, and he unfortunately suffered – Flexor tendinitis. so that's a problem with uh, his wrist and his finger. But six innings, ten strikeouts. The Potters weren't able to do anything against him. They only tallied one hit against him. And now, the Potters were able to get across two runs in the seventh inning. Once Jacob deGrom was pulled, when Fernando Tatis Jr. absolutely smacked a double into the left center field gap, and then Jake Cronenworth hit a home run. But that was all the Potters' offense could get going. In the ninth inning, Potters almost tied it up after Manny Machado got a two out single. Eric Hosmer pinch hit for Will Myers, and Hosmer on an 0 1 pitch crushed the ball down the right field line, but it went just foul. And if it landed fair, Machado might have scored. He might not have. We'll never know. But Eric Hosmer ended up popping out to end the game. Potters dropped this one 3 2. It was started by Jacob DeGrom. I mean, I went into it expecting to lose, and that's exactly what happened. I wasn't too stressed after this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, same thing as the last time we faced him a uh, week and a half ago. I mean, I, you can never be disappointed if we lose to Jacob deGrom, uh, who is, I mean, as of right now, the NL MVP, uh, but I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Snell did not, did not look great. I mean, his, he had command issues again, uh, three walks and four innings in five, five hits and three runs, uh, so he did not have his best start. Uh, and the, the bullpen was great going for and in shutout, uh, only allowing two hits. Uh, Austin Adams looked great. Stamen got out of a. Uh, I mean, both Stamon and Pierce Johnson allowed a hit, but they were both able to get out of it. Uh, Stamen had two solid innings, 24 pitches. Uh, but the, I mean, the lineup really struggled, of course. Going against DeGrom was always tough. Fam in the leadoff spot, 0 for 4, 3Ks. Tatis had 3Ks. Uh, Kim Caratini, 2Ks apiece. We just had. A lot of strikeouts, 15 in this game, only five hits. Uh, so, I mean, can't be disappointed against Jacob DeGrom, but just uh, tough that, w- that we'd face him again. He went six innings, shot out with 10 Ks, no walks. Hodges only drew one walk in this game, and that was uh, Manny Machado's. But, I mean, it's a tough game. Good to see Corona North get, get his home run, uh, struck out twice, but was able to get that in the um, seventh inning. So that was big. But obviously, Do not, cannot uh, bring across the time run in the eighth or ninth inning, uh, leading to a three, two loss, but disappointing game, but Jacob deGrom can't be too disappointed about it. Right. And Blake Snell got the start for the San Diego
0: Padres. Very good through three innings, only allowed one hit and he erased that runner immediately with a ground ball double play fourth inning got out of a jam with the base load in the fifth inning. It just broke down the first four batters. He faced reached base, and that resulted in three runs and that was all Blake Snell got to see. He only lasted four innings, allowing five hits three and runs and walking three while striking out only four. He only threw 71 pitches. I personally thought it was a mistake by Jay Tinkler to pull him. It's the first game of a 13 day stretch. You're only getting four innings out of your starter. You're down three, nothing to the greatest pitcher in baseball right now. You're, you're probably not going to win this game. Now the Padres, they almost did come back and win because this bullpen is so dominant and, the fact that the, they were able to keep the Potters in the game. But I I just thought you could have definitely let Snell, you know, try and work his way out of the fifth inning, uh, possibly work into the sixth, because his pitch count was only at 71. And you want to try and save that bullpen as much as possible. I mean, fortunately, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but Joe Musgrove was able to work into the seventh inning. And Chris Paddock got six solid innings in as well. So I don't know. I just thought that Blake Snell could have gone a little bit more and just I mean, I'm not going to say like, yo, Jace, you know, Snell allowed four straight base runners and had the bases loaded the inning before. What are you doing? But I thought he should have let him in and tried to work and get more outs just to save the bullpen a little bit. But the starters following Snell, which has been a trend so far in this year, have uh, picked up the slack that he is not pulling.
1: The bullpen has been great all year. I was fine with taking Snell out. Obviously, you mentioned the bullpen uh having thirteen straight games. But after that fourth inning and then allowing all those guys to get on in the fifth, I was okay with him coming out. Uh either way. I mean, of course, Tingler's decision, I would have been fine with it either way. If he stays in, try and get him through it. Uh, but those last two innings for him, uh, were looking a little rough. So I was fine with this with the situation uh to pull him. But still, it was still a three zero game in the fifth inning. Uh, obviously it's not like the game is over and no one knew DeGrom would have come out in the sixth. but it's, I mean, it sounds like he's healthy. We'll make his next start. Uh, so that's good to hear, but I mean, it was still a ball game. Um, so I was fine with pulling him, but I mean, yeah, you mentioned it. The bullpen looks great. Adam, Stam and Johnson, uh, just talked about that, but they looked phenomenal. Uh, obviously we only had the two runs on that corner home run, but Adams looked absolutely great in this game. Uh, didn't get any strikeouts, but got one, two, three, and 12 in twelve pitches. Uh, he's been looking great all year. Now he's a sub-two ERA. Um, and we've always both been Austin Adams fans, but I'm loving what I'm seeing from him so far this year. Right. And you mentioned
0: Adams didn't strike going out. I I haven't looked at his strikeout uh, percentage or strikeouts for nine, but obviously it was near 18, which means he's striking out two guys in that inning. Going in inning and not striking out anyone certainly hurts that. Obviously, I don't care how you get your outs as long as you get them, but Adams strikes out a lot of guys. And Blake Snell, it continued his trend. He's been really good at home at Petco Park so far in the year, 1.65 ERA in 32 and two thirds innings, but in his seven starts on the road, he's only pitched 25 and a third innings. That's just over three and a half innings per start. I mean, that is awful with a nine two four ERA. Blake Snell needs to figure out how to pitch on the road. I, I don't know what to say. This is his first season in the National League. I don't think he's made any starts on the road against interleague opponents. Oh, no, he has with the Astros. But, I mean, a lot of these stadiums are mounds that he very rarely pitches on, but I don't think that's really an excuse. I mean, he's, he's just been bad on the road. and He's striking out, guys. He's got 34 strikeouts and 25 innings, but he has 22 walks and 25 innings on the road. Like, that is horrible as opposed to his 13 walks at home and 32 innings and 50 strikeouts. So I don't know what adjustment he needs to make on the road. Maybe that's just something mental, you know, sleeping in the hotel. He's not sleeping well the night before, but he needs to make an adjustment because, I mean, at some point, the Potters have playoff aspirations and you can't throw Blake Snell out on the road and have starts like this. That's just not going to help you win that game. And when he's only going to go three or four innings, which is what he's been doing on the road, you can't have that in the postseason because then it kills your bullpen, which has a long-term effect. So, Blake Snell needs to figure it out on the road because he's he's doing fantastic at home. I still believe in Blake Snell. I, you look at the fastball, it still plays well. Sometimes he loses control of it. It happens. Curveball, slider, still look good. His changeup, It's meh. I still believe in Blake Snell, and I still believe he's going to give the Padres very valuable innings for the rest of the year, for the next two years. But he needs to figure it out on the road.
1: And I mean, you mentioned uh, those, those walk numbers on the road are just atrocious. And you said, there's no excuse. I mean, obviously pitching at home, it's been a beneficiary for a lot of guys, either hitters or pitchers, but yeah, like you said, there's really no excuse just to be that bad on the road. Um, After being that fantastic at home with a sub two ERA, but with an ERA over nine on the road, that is just awful. And like you said, that won't cut it in the playoffs. And I mean, I'm also still all for Blake Snell, of course, but I, like he'll pick it up at some point on the road. Um, but it yeah, has to happen sooner rather than later. Yep. All right.
0: Let's move on to game number two of the series. This one, the Potters dropped four to one. Joe Musco great start, but it started off very poorly because he hit the first batter, Jonathan VR, and then Francisco Lindor on the first pitch, hit a two run home runs. So before Blake, before... Joe Musgrove even recorded an out. The Potters and Joe Musgrove found themselves in a 2-0 hole. Now, Joe Musgrove was fantastic for the rest of the start as he, at one point, retired 12 straight batters and didn't allow another run until the sixth inning. Quality start, six and a third, three earns, five hits, seven Ks, only one walk. That's really good. But the, the free batters that, uh, that Joe Musgrove, they all came back to haunt him because he only allowed three earned runs and three runs came after he hit Jonathan VR with a pitch and then the home run, and then when he walked Francisco Lindor to start the sixth inning, Lindor's the guy who came around and scored. So if you're Joe Musgrove, you're going to miss bats, but you got to find a way to make sure that you're getting outs and you're not giving up free bases because we know that we love free bases, Bobby, but we do not love it when opposing teams get free bases. But Marcus Stroman was fantastic in the start for the New York Mets. Just throws a lot of pitches that move the sinker, the cutter, the slider, the changeup. It was frustrating the Potters hitters and they weren't able to get anything going. They did hit the ball a lot better than what the results showed. Uh, I wrote about that in my recap for East Village Times. Make sure to check out our content at eastvillagetimes.com. The Potters expected batting average was, I believe, 270 and they hit 171 in this game with six hits. So ended up getting really unlucky. The only run they scored was on a Fernando Tatis Jr. home run. We've noticed as of late, And we've all known as Potter fans that Fernando Tatis Jr.'s one weakness at the plate is the slider from a right-handed pitcher that breaks down and away. It looks like the fastball on the low outer half, and it runs off the plate. And he chases it a lot. It's a good pitch. Like, hitting's hard. I'm not faulting Fernando Tatis Jr. But I've said to people, like, hey, yeah, that pitch gets him. But when the pitchers miss that spot, He does not miss the ball, and that's what you saw from Marcus Stroman. You could see where the catcher set up. You could see where the pitch was. It wasn't close, and Fernando Tatis Jr. made Stroman pay. Unfortunately, that was all the Potters were able to get. Eric Cosmer should have hit a home run in the ninth inning. Hit a ball 105 miles an hour off the bat at a 32-degree launch angle. Went 406 feet, but it was caught at the warning track, uh, deep center field at City Field. So, unfortunate for him. Just a tough game, and the Potters broke out offensively in game number three to make up for the bad luck they had in game two. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, in game two, I mean, you said it, Stroman was great. Musgrove, I mean, his stuff looked great, seven Ks and six in the third. Uh, but just, I mean, that early start, and the two runs in the first inning always hurts. Uh, and it just threw, second to fifth inning, he was looking great. No runs right there. Um, but, yeah, like you said, that first inning, Lindor's home run, and then the fielder's choice, I mean – that that happens, but I mean, he just, I mean, he, he looks good. He looks not, I don't say fine. He looked good. Uh, I mean, there's just a the beginning and end of the start, which obviously counts, but Strowman was great. This game tough to get anything on him, but we were getting hits. We had six hits in this game. We're uh, sorry. Six hits off of uh, Stroman. Uh, bullpen absolutely shut us down. Lugo struck out the side in the eighth. Uh, that was tough ending to watch, but having talked about it, Tommy fam three for four, he had half of our hits in this game. Uh, ended up stealing um, for his 11th stolen base of the year. Um, so he had a great game. Uh, Potters only drew two walks this game. Didn't get a lot of chances uh, at free bases. Uh, but like you said, just getting unlucky at the plate. Did see Grisham back in the lineup. He drew a walk, went over three. 3. Uh, but, I mean, just, just nice to have him back in. If Fam hits like he did, I mean, I can't do this every single game. But if Fam is hitting well and we have Grisham in the second spot, do you, I mean, what would you want to T set the three or the four? Cause you could, I mean, obviously move, move fam down, put Grisham at the lead off, uh, but that just with Grisham back, that just makes it, I don't, both easier and tougher for Tingler, just that he has to make another decision. uh, But probably end up having Grisham in the lead off spot once he gets uh, just back into the groove of things, but great game from fam. Uh, and the Potters only had over two runners in scoring position, even getting six hits off of Stroman. Just weren't able to get guys over and just couldn't get anyone in, of course, except for the Tatis home run. Uh, but just, I mean, another tough game. Uh, VR ended up home, homering off of Pierce Johnson. Uh, he worked worked through the inning quick, of course, besides that home run. Uh, Tim Hill looked great, struck at the two batters he faced. I mean, solid pitch from performance overall, uh, but... Stroman looks great, and we can get anything going on the offensive side.
0: Yeah, and that Pierce Johnson pitch on the home run was a really good curveball, low and in. And VR just turned on it. it. It happens. It was a pretty good pitch. But yeah, I, I don't know what to do with this lineup because it's really hard to move Tommy Pham out of the leadoff spot the way he's playing right now. I mean, he's been really good. He's getting on base at a high clip. So I'm, I'm good with him in the leadoff spot. And I. Our listeners know what I think of Trent Grisham. They know that I think the world of him. So, having him in that two spot as well is, I think, a good idea. And I don't know whether or not you want Manny Machado in front of or behind Fernando Tatis Jr. And obviously, the people who have listened to recent episodes know that I've been a very big opponent to hitting Fernando Tatis Jr. cleanup. And I still stand by that. You want him to hit in the first inning, but fam, Grisham, and Machado in front of Tatis, those are three guys that are. Really good hitters and they get on base at high clips. So you're not going to hear too many complaints. It was when guys like Pro Far or Cronenworth, when Cronenworth was really struggling, we're hitting in front of Fernando Tati Jr. that I had a really big problem with it. And I mean you look at this lineup, with the exception of Austin Nola being out, and Victor Caratini's been a really good catcher for the Potters as well. This lineup's at full strength on Saturday at least. On Sunday, Trent Grisham and Cronenworth got the days off, but Fam, Grisha, Machado, Tatis, Hosmer, Myers, Cronenworth, that's as good of a top seven in a lineup as you're going to find in baseball. A lot of these guys, they aren't performing to where they want to be at. Hosmer, Myers, even Cronenworth, considering where he's been at this year. Machado, I mean, Machado's going to pick it up, obviously, because he's been hitting the tar off the ball. But this is a really good lineup, and we'll talk about it after we're done recapping the series. This potter's lineup is about to explode when they face a lot less quality of competition. This wrapped up a stretch of six straight series against teams with winning records. That's brutal. And they had one day, they had one off day during that stretch. And that was after five of them. So this brutal stretch for the San Diego potters, they were able to get through it. The ending of the stretch was obviously really bad, but for the most part, they went 500 through the 20 game stretch, but they were three and 13 following this loss on Saturday in their past 16 games so or there's they were three and ten in the last 13. so not not a good stretch by any means, but the Potters were so good before that stretch that they still were well above 500. they actually dropped out of uh, said the season would have ended on Saturday The Potters would have not been in the postseason which I think is pretty incredible but they're gonna get there because we know that they're better than both the Brewers. And the Cubs, despite the fact that the Cubs beat the Potters five times. So, uh, and the Brewers as well. But I I still believe in this Potters team.
1: And the stretch that we have coming up, uh, we talked about it uh, just a little bit in the last episode, but Rockies, Reds, and then Sandwich in there is a three-game series, uh, Monday to Wednesday against the, Dod- against the Dodgers, two of those on ESPN. And then D-backs, Reds. Those are four of those, ser- I mean, even the Dodgers, um, obviously, but four of those series. Padres should take off during this series. Pitching should, will still be on. And we won't have to go against DeGrom twice. All The Mets starting rotation, which was phenomenal against us in these six games, or they started these seven games. This Padres offense, like you said, is about to take off. Fully healthy. Grisham's back. Pham's getting on base. Tatis is hitting. Machado will be good. And in, in, even the guys at the bottom. were at the bottom. Myers, Cronenworth, Hosmer, who's not, Hosmer not playing well at all right now. These next two weeks will be huge for the rest of, for the rest of the season, and should just bring back a bunch of uh, momentum and just an attitude for this team. Yeah, it's going to be
0: interesting to see how they do respond, and we'll talk about that more in depth in a little bit. But game three of this upcoming series, game three of the series against the Mets, Padres ended up being victorious. They exploded in the seventh inning with six runs, four of them coming on a Fernando Tatis Jr. home run. Grand slam, the third grand slam of the year for the San Diego Padres. I don't know where that ranks in baseball. Obviously, that's a lot less grand slams than the Padres hit last year, especially considering the amount of times the Padres have had the bases loaded this year. They've been bad, and then Manny Machado tallied another home run right after Fernando Tatis Jr. hit his. See, Tatis hitting in the two hole, Machado in the three, and it works out. Crazy how that works. Yeah, Tommy Fam. Uh, He walked in the seventh inning with the bases loaded to tie the game. And he also led off this game with a solo home run to center field, 424 feet, just great performance by the standing of potters to come back against a very, very good Mets bullpen. We, we had seen in the first six games or the first, yeah, the first six games against the Mets that the Mets bullpen was absolutely legit. And fortunately Uh, Mets manager who a lot of Mets fans just do not like Luis Rojas kept familia in for a second inning of work and it just did not pay off. And then he brought in Jacob Barnes and he didn't do his job either allowing the two home runs. And then they're able to get their last two innings in with Smith, but the Padres, they're able to ride a really good Chris Paddock start against the Mets so far this year, 12 innings, five run runs. Chris Paddock's looked really good this past month. And uh, I'm glad I didn't lose faith in Chris Paddock, and he's certainly proving a lot of the doubters wrong lately. His ERA is coming down a lot more. I mean, at one point, it was up near six. It's down near four. He's definitely had some rough starts this year, but there's also been a lot of really, really good starts. This, of course, was one of them. Potters win this game 7-3. to They They're able to avoid the sweep and
1: now travel to Colorado. And for this game, I mean, just everything in this game was, was great. You talked about it. Paddock, six innings, nine strikeouts, zero walks. He looked great. Didn't allow six hits, uh, two earned runs, but through six innings, that's a great start for Paddock. I'm um, super happy what I saw from him in this game. Melanson striking out two um, in the ninth inning. He looked great. Uh, Pagan allowed a run in the eighth, but other than that, I mean, just a great overall game from, from the team. Fam two hits. Tatis, two hits. Machado, two hits. I mean, the top of our order looks great. Tommy Pham had one of, if not the best game of of the season for him, two for three, two runs with the home run uh, in the first inning, and two walks. I mean, he got on base four times in this game out of five at-bats, and I'm just so glad that we saw it from him. Of course, with Grisham coming back, we'll talk about this in a sec, but maybe we ease Grisham back, don't have him hitting the leadoff right now. It really depends where we want to tease Machado, but – Grisham could stay, I mean, lower in the order. Um, of course, we know how good he is, but maybe you just want to ease him back in, especially the way fam's playing. I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. Uh, and just that game from him on Sunday in this series, he played great.
0: Yeah, fam's just been absolutely killing it. Glad to be wrong. Like I said, I, I've said this multiple times on this podcast. I've said it on Twitter, and I've said it to my friends. Glad to be wrong. I, the, these are the situations where I'm happy to be wrong. Been walking twice and tallying two hits. It's a good day at the ball yard. And that's what Tommy Fame's done. done. Uh, I believe he's second on the team in weighted runs created plus, which considering where he was at, I mean, that is just shocking. He's been so good over these past couple of weeks. Like I said, glad to be wrong. I will gladly be wrong about a Potter's player that I think stinks being good. Yeah. Happy to be wrong. Can't always be right about
1: everyone. And Tommy, he's just killing it. And I mean, this is just awesome to see from him, uh, earlier in the season. He uh, took home a lot of wildcats of the week. Uh, finally was able to get a devil of the week. And I mean, we'll do it. We'll do our next one after the, after the next year's against the Rockies, uh, but just a great game on Sunday. Uh, everything went right. One for five with in scoring position. Uh, still put up seven runs. Of course that, uh, Tati's grandson was awesome. Machado, going uh, back-to-back uh, with Tatis right after that slam. But just a great game from this team on Sunday, and we really needed this. Yep, Potters needed this win. Because like I mentioned, they were 3-10 and in their
0: last 13. They They're struggling, but they are able to salvage it, get six runs to avoid the sweep. That was fantastic to see from the San Diego Potters. So yeah, let's talk about this upcoming stretch for the San Diego Potters before we really get into this rocky series. So it's actually interesting, because when you look at it, you got the Rockies on the road and they're a fourth place team. One of the worst teams in all baseball, 25 and 41. That is the third worst record in the national league, but at home, they're a really good team. They're 20 and 14. So the Padres love their work cut out for them. Obviously much better team than the Rockies and they should be able to take the series. Rockies have lost four straight, but you can't walk into course thinking you're ever going to win. It's never easy in course uh, for both the Rockies and for the Padres and just any team as we, uh, we remember it was two years ago today when we're recording this, that one, I graduated from high school and two the Padres completed the mile high miracle in Denver coming back down six in the ninth inning. I'll never forget that. I mean, that, that day was just so awesome. And of course it was capped off by that. And then me going to grad night, but then you also get the reds coming up. And for some reason, the reds, they're one game above 500 they have an above 500 record on the road. They've won three straight, so they're playing well. Won eight of their last 10. It's not going to be as easy of a stretch as Potters fans are making it out to be, but definitely a lot better. And then you get the Dodgers for three games, and then Arizona. And then you get Cincinnati again. You get Philadelphia. You get Washington. You get Colorado to end this first half of the season. It's a lot easier than the 20 games and 20 day stretch where you're at Milwaukee at Houston, at Chicago Mets Cubs, then at New York that the Potters have just completed. So Potters, let's rattle off some wins, uh, 38 and 29 right now. Like I said, currently not a playoff team, which is shocking to say, considering how good the Potters have been so far, but that's just the way it's been so far this year. It's been a tough national league, but if you can rattle off a lot of wins here in this upcoming stretch, the Potters could find themselves in first place in this division. I mean, that that's just me being realistic. They, they 100% can. Only three games out of the division lead, which, of course, the Giants still hold, and they still have the best record in the National League somehow. But that's where they're at. What, what do you make of this upcoming Padres schedule?
1: Yeah. Uh, um. I mean – What will be the biggest ones here? I mean, obviously the Dodgers one will be very exciting, fun to watch. Uh, But I mean, these reds ones they are a lot better than people thought they'd be this year. And we'll have seven games against them this week or this weekend. And then um, last week of June. Uh, So obviously that's in about two weeks, but reds are better than people thought their offense. I mean, obviously we don't have them until uh, Thursday, but their offense looked great against the Rockies. Um, And it was, and was that great American ballpark. Wasn't even at Coors, uh, but just the Rockies pitching was absolutely awful. Their past four games. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a sec, but Reds are looking good. Rockies. I mean, in Coors, Tatis will be back. Uh, as Dom said, uh, or before we started, uh, he had COVID or was out with, uh, COVID protocols, COVID, um, the last time we were in Coors, but every time I go to Coors, super fun, super exciting. Uh, but I mean, just a favorable stretch coming up, uh, T-backs. I mean, that's not for two weeks, but they've lost 10 or 10 in a row as of a uh, Monday morning. Uh, but I'm liking what I'm seeing coming up soon. Uh, the red series will be what dictates it. Really. Uh, we seem to take advantage of, th- I don't want to say them, but they've, I mean, they've been looking good. Uh, but I mean, these Rocky series, really there's no series here that we should, that I should see us losing it really realistically, except for the Dodgers, But every one of these series for the next five are very winnable slash we should win and maybe see a sweep or two in there.
0: Sweeps are always nice. I never really count on the potters to get sweeps, but I will never not rule it out with the possibility, especially with this team's talent. Let's talk about this upcoming series of the Rockies now, before we wrap up this episode of devil's talking Padres. So Jace Tingler announced the rotation and normally after paddock had been going, it had been going to Ryan Weathers, but they're opting to skip his start. I didn't see any reasoning for it. We're not in the Zoom calls with Tinguish, so we didn't get any opportunities to ask him. But the three starters for the series at Coors, Denelson LeMet, Hugh Darvish, and Blake Snell, the same three pitchers who pitched at Coors this past time, the Potters went up to Coors and took two out of three. So maybe it's a familiarity factor. Maybe they don't want to put Ryan Weathers at Coors. We don't know. We were not told any reasoning for it. Uh, maybe they'll put Ryan Weathers in the bullpen and stick with a five-man rotation. Like I said, we don't know, but it's going to be Lamette, Darvish, and Snell. Lamette was pretty good. Darvish was really good. Snell was okay, only going four innings and two earned runs. But what are you expecting from these Padres starters at Coors? Because as we all know, pitching at Coors is horrible.
1: And, I mean, these guys are the guys who all went out there. Uh, we'll be at Coors, of course. Lamette, uh last time at Coors, uh, May 11th. Two innings, one run, uh, twenty-nine pitches. Did not go far at all. Uh, won the game eight to one. So he looked fine, fine um, in his short appearance. Struggled in his last start uh, last week, last Tuesday against the Cubs. Five innings, four runs, but that was his first, like really only bad appearance of the season. Uh, other than that, he's been looking great. Three point five two ERA right now with a one point three five whip not the exact best numbers Uh, that solid ERA whip could be better, but that start against the Cubs is really the only disappointing appearance I've seen from lament this year. Um, But just of course, great to have him back going farther in the games. We've seen him go his last two, he went five and four innings. I know we're still working him in slowly, but his pitch count has been getting up into the seventies, his last two. So hopefully we can get him five or six innings, uh, see how he's feeling. You Darvish, I mean, he looked great in his last start. Ended up getting the loss on Wednesday against the Cubs. Seven innings, two runs. Uh, but his last two starts, he's looked great. Very unfortunate. The offense could not help him out. But Darvish looked great in his last start. Of course, all right, Coors. But I'm expecting Darvish to be Darvish. And then now, I mean, hopefully, I'll look better than he did on on Friday. Um, he looked great the week before against the Mets. Uh, I mean, Obviously, that ten strikeout shutout, uh, seven inning performance two weeks ago against the Mets. Uh, then they then he faced them again. Didn't look as good. Maybe they just adjusted, watched some film. Uh, but kudos to the Mets for bouncing back against Snell. But I, I like what I like the guys we're throwing out at Coors. Um, I'm fine with skipping Weathers. I mean, I would love to see him pitch every time, of course. But guys, that we're, that we're putting out there, I'm very comfortable with it. Right. I, I just don't
0: get it. Cause like, you know, how bad Blake Snell has been on the road and you're skipping over one of your starters and you're putting Blake Snell on the road again in the worst road atmosphere to pitch. in. it, it just, I I don't get it. There's gotta be some logic to it that I don't understand. And that Jason Tingler just hasn't explained to us, which has been pretty typical of the potters to just not explain their decisions. Cause they tend to keep things under the rug and try to keep things private, which completely understandable doesn't have to be, but I I just don't get it. Now. I hope these three guys can go out there and shove against the Rockies lineup that has been for the most part, pretty disappointing this year, but at home they play a lot better uh, sleeping in their own bed, seeing at the batter's eye that they're most used to and the batter's box they're most used to. So maybe they will be a little bit better and hopefully the potters can Pitch well against them. The three starters the Potters will be going up against. Uh, they got Austin Gomber going in Game One. They got Chichi Gonzalez going in Game Two, and then Kyle Freeland going in Game Three. Chichi Gonzalez pitched very well against the Potters in his first start against them this year. It was at Petco. It was the Fernando Tatis Jr. game where he came back, hit the home run, went four for four, two doubles. That was the only run he gave up. Was on the Tatis home run, and or maybe. Maybe he also allowed the Jake Cranor with Homer. I don't know if that was off him or if that was off the bullpen. Gomber has been really good against the Potters in his two starts. So the Potters will be looking to get some revenge on him. This time it's at Coors, but both his starts were really good. And then Kyle Freeland will be starting this game. He's only made four starts on the year, 17 innings, 17 earned runs, 27 hits. So he's just not been doing good. Just a couple of years ago, he was a Cy Young contender, but really fallen off. He's had a lot of injuries and hopefully the Potters can get the best of him. He's had some good starts against the Potters in the past. What do you make of these three stars? The Rockies are going to be thrown out.
1: Yeah. I mean, Austin Gomber, you touched on it in two, two starts against us this year, 11 and a third for him, one and run against this Potters team, nine hits, um, 13 strikeouts. He's looks great against us. Ended up splitting those two games. Both went to extras. Uh, one of those was the, uh, was the, uh, walk off that Padres lost in the eighth inning uh, on the doubleheader. So, I mean, that wasn't a bad loss. We're going for a sweep, doubleheader, whatever. But, uh, I mean, Gomber's been phenomenal against this this year. Cheech against Gonzalez. Like you said, he went six innings, two runs, four hits. He had a great start. Ended up getting the loss because uh, Padres won 3-0. Um, supposed to shut them down that that day. But, I mean, his last two starts has been, ha- have been tough. I mean, 10 ERA or... Uh, Above, above 10 ERA uh, in just two June starts, but he's been getting hit very hard, not going deep in the games. Um, hasn't gotten past the six in either of his two June starts, uh, but he's been struggling this year. Um, I mean, Gomber looks great in, in May uh, and his last two starts. He's been phenomenal. So Gomber will be the toughest of the three. Freeland, I mean, like you said, he's really been struggling. Uh, I mean, the month of June for him has been very tough. <laughs> Nine innings, 18 hits, 13 runs. Uh really been struggling. Uh, he's got a
0: whip over two.
1: Oh, oh, two point one. That that is, just hurts to look at. I don't know the last time I. I know it's been four starts, but that that is that is bad. That's actually laughable. I'm currently laughing at that. That is, right, just, which sucks because I mean he's just gone through a ton of really tough yeah. injuries. So. And uh, yeah, I know it's I know it's been four starts, but that is that is very bad. But I mean. Gomber's been good. Chichi had a good appearance against us, but in Coors, anything could happen. Ardys lineup, I uh, expect them to take off and great time, great time to take off after a great game on Sunday, uh, scoring seven runs and you need to wake up, take a trip to Coors. And uh, that's what the Pods are doing right now. Uh should be uh, interesting matchups. Uh, Gomber is the only one r- really who has been pitching good out of these three or pitching well, pardon me, out of these three. So it should be a good series. Uh, and hopefully the Padres can sweep or take two out three. Uh, offense and Coors, very excited to watch.
0: It should be a very exciting series. And you, you did a good job of breaking down those pitchers. You got to try and win game one. Well, has been really good lately. So has Austin Gomber. So we'll see how LeBet pitches. Last time at Coors, I think he only went two innings, just because he was working himself back. And it was a really cold Day in course and here. Let me look at the weather in Denver right now because as we know, the weather in Denver is uh very fluctuating because Denver, of course, the mile high city, it uh it could definitely change there. And I guess I should probably put Denver in my uh in my weather list because I will be at the All-Star game later this summer. So that'll be very exciting. Actually, in a month from now, I'll be in Denver. I did not know so. that.
1: That well, I think you might have told me that, but that'll be very exciting.
0: I I definitely told you that. So no uh
1: but yeah, I'm currently in Arizona, 115. So Ooh, I mean,
0: wow, yeah. Looking at the weather in Denver, uh, it's expected to be 95 degrees today, 100 degrees on Tuesday, and 99 degrees on Wednesday. So if you thought Denver was a pitcher friendly park before, it is going to be or sorry. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. If you thought Denver was a hitter friendly ballpark before, holy moly, the ball is going to be flying this series in course. So
1: I didn't know uh, it that like hot in Denver ever. Never been uh, that I I, I, have, I didn't know I've it was been, been that hot.
0: I've played there. I've played baseball there in the summer before it can get hot. The air's thin, so it can definitely get hot there, but uh, man, you know, you really got to try and keep the ball down. Uh, Darvish I, Darvish is going to have a good start. Uh, I have faith in that, but Blake Snell and Nelson Lamet home runs have been kind of their kryptonite this year. Uh, and for Blake Snell, well, Blake Snell's kryptonite has just been like not throwing strikes and keep the ball down. Uh, don't allow any home runs. You know the singles. The singles will burn you at Coors because obviously the outfield's huge. But uh, look for a very, very explosive series from the Padres offense. That that's what I'm picking up from that.
1: Yeah, we've had this this series circled for the past few series. And uh, know we're cold. Time to go to Coors. Let's let's get hot, boys. Yes. All right. You got any other notes before we wrap up? Uh, just time for Coors. Let's get the offense going and go Padres and Suns and foe. Yes, your Suns are going to the Western
0: Conference Finals. They, uh, they absolutely yeah. dominated uh, the Denver Nuggets. Now the Nuggets, their second-best player, was out. They, they just simply aren't the same team without them. But it doesn't matter. Suns info. It uh, doesn't matter how you win your playoff series. As long as you move on, you get another shot. So uh, certainly enjoying watching the Suns, but enjoying watching these Padres more. Me personally, I think you'd
1: probably I mean, disagree. I no, I agree. I mean, Padres. Right. Okay. I thought this different. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Playoffs are different. Okay. That's gonna wrap this episode of devil's talking Padres. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to follow Bobby and I on Twitter. So you can check out whatever we're thinking during games and whatnot. You can find me at DM Stern 19. You can find Bobby at Bobby Murphy 2000. Make sure to check out our content at eastvillagetimes.com as this is in the East village times podcast. With that, it's going to wrap up this episode of devil's talking Padres. Thank you for tuning in. We will catch you on the next episode which will be out either Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning. We thank you for tuning in. Go Padres!